0: Welcome, everyone, to this week's Exes and Opinions. I am your host, Ronnie Jerez, and I'm joined by my lovely panel of analysts, Dylan Camp and Christopher Ellison. Fellas, I can't tell you how good it feels to be back on X's Opin- and Opinions with you guys. I want to get a sense on how you're doing, how's your summer going, and what's going on in your life. Dylan, what's up?
1: Summer's been pretty good. I got classes starting next week, so happy to get this in before the chaos ensues in my life, and I'm happy to be here.
2: Mm. Um, uh, about the same, um, summer has been pretty cool, but, um, school's, um, starting back up soon. So that's, that's pretty okay, I guess, but, you know. Love the enthusiasm coming from Chris. We'll,
0: we'll get some more out of you out of this show. Obviously. Yes. Summer, we're in the dog days heading, uh, into, hopefully it would be a much better fall coming into some further school for us, but we're here to talk about some pro sports, and pro sports have been on an absolute tear recently, especially after last year's summer being so you know, uh, derailed by COVID-19. We are full swing, and I'm so glad to see it with fans as well. We're going to start off with some NBA Finals. The NBA Finals, just like everyone predicted, we are seeing the Phoenix Suns and the Milwaukee Bucks in the NBA Finals, the two franchises that have not won in forever, it seems like. And right now, as we are recording this show, the Phoenix Suns have taken a 2-0 lead in the series against the Milwaukee Bucks. And we saw two great performances by this the Suns team and a Bucks team that looks like they can't really get things going and make a run when they really need to, especially after game two. Um, but I want to go straight, in, straight into this, where the Bucks, they really struggled in game two recently. And I mean... One player that didn't struggle for the Bucks, the Gian- Giannis Antetokounmpo, finished with 42 points. But then his running mate, Chris Middleton, finished with just 11. We saw Middleton have some epic performances throughout these playoffs. And in the finals so far, hasn't been living up to that running mate. or Some of the Batman comparisons we've been seeing from him as well. So going into game three, how much pressure is on Chris Middleton to perform well in that game and try to complement Giannis in that one? Chris, Chris we'll start with you.
2: I mean, it's it's immense pressure because the talk around Chris Middleton has always been he can do it, but he's very inconsistent. Yeah, he's a very streaky player. So it's no question that Chris Middleton definitely can do it. The question is, will he do it? Because we're not gonna, we're not sure which Chris Middleton is going to show up—the the Chris Middleton we're used to that has been averaging twenty five points in, this, in these playoffs, or the Chris Middleton that we saw last game. It's it's very it's very hot and cold, Middleton. So you can never be really sure what he's going to do on a given day.
1: Like you said, he is is very on and off, and we've seen that throughout the playoffs, but the pressure's on everybody. You're down 2-0. Everybody's got to step up. I don't think it's necessarily more on Middleton. He had a really solid game one. He dropped 29 points, and then in game two, yeah, he wasn't as effective scoring the ball, but he did have eight assists, which was a team high for the Bucs. I think all three of their big players, Drew Holiday, including the two we we're talking about, need to step up really big to win game three, but is it more on Middleton? No, but... Hopefully, for the Bucs, he will have a, one of the better games because he's been very inconsistent.
0: Definitely an, a streaky player, Middleton. But when he gets on fire, he really catches fire. We've seen some of the big performances throughout these playoffs, um, especially against the Hawks as well. But we can also try to see if maybe Giannis can even step it up another bit. I mean, it's almost like asking him to do even more. But we've seen Giannis have these great performances as well, 42 points. Um, and like Dylan said, coming into game three, you're already down two. Oh, it's kind of a must win because if, if you go down three, oh, that's kind of like the kiss of death. And these Phoenix suns have looked like they are a well-polished veteran team that have playoff experience all of a sudden, but you know, this is their first rodeo, the first time in the playoffs, really, and they're killing it. And I mean, it's kind of a sight to see, uh, Milwaukee backs against the wall, uh, I know it's early, but still, you know, that kiss of death is going down 3-0. And Drew Holiday, I feel like I've been really enjoying his defense. He he played great defense in game two with some uh, picking up Chris Paul full court and really giving him a hard time. But you saw Chris Paul also have magic performances um, the past two games. Um, So it looks like the Suns are kind of a freight train that uh, is really hard to stop right now. But I mean... They do have, the Bucs, they have great defenders, long wing wing defenders, Giannis, multiple defensive player of the year, and Drew Holiday, multiple all-NBA defenders. So, I mean, they have the talent. They just got to be able to execute. Um, Mike Budenholzer has to try to get his team around him. But now going to the Suns, they have been on fire. They've been playing very well. We've seen great performances from Chris Paul, Macau Bridges, former Big East player for Villanova, and uh Devin Booker, of course. Devin Booker having a great game, 31 points last game. So what has been the biggest factor for their 2-0 lead? And and what is what do you think is the biggest factor going into game three? What do you think, Dylan?
1: I mean, like you said, Bridges has been incredible so far this series. We knew each team had a big three. That's we know who they are on each squad, but Bridges has been the more effective fourth option. And I think he's really put the Suns over the edge in each of these first two games. You know, the first game of this series, he had 14 points, which was good. And then game two, he stepped it up even more. He had 27 and seven rebounds. Um, so I think, you know, in these games where they've been winning by right around double digits, I think it was 13 in game one and 10 in game two, his outburst off the bench has been incredible for Phoenix. And I think he's really put them over the edge and helped them get this commanding to lead that they have right now.
2: I agree. I definitely agree. But I also want to say DeAndre Ayton has been playing out of his mind. This the, – these – the last two series, he's honestly been playing out of his mind. And I I can't, I don't, I can't stress enough how important he is to this team. Without DeAndre Aiden, even even if you have Chris Paul, you have that veteran leadership, even if you have Devin Booker, I get that. But without DeAndre Aiden, this team doesn't run as well as they do. Um, their role players that definitely stepped up. Um, Cam Campaign, you got um Cam Johnson, Mikhail Bridges. So I can't, their their role players and their defense has also been great too. They've they've really learned how to with the Bucks. You 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 can let Giannis get off, but if you let if you if you don't let anybody else get off, they're they're really easy to beat. So they've they've mastered that formula, and they've also mastered the formula of getting great bench production and great big man production.
0: Love the point of Aiden. I love his game. He's kind of like a classic big man. You know those big men from back in the day. Uh, you know post moves, down low, doesn't really doesn't really shoot it, but because in a league that everyone shoots nowadays. He, he bangs down low, gets a lot of rebounds and stuff. Um, love the role players. One player, Jay Crowder, has been playing very well as well. Two-way player, defends the wing and shoots the three. And He's the only player in this series with finals experience, being in the finals last year with the Heat. So, I mean, a lot of young guns right now. Jay Crowder, leading, charging experience. Another factor I feel like for the Suns that doesn't really get talked about as much is the head coaching. Monty Williams I feel like is a great, great offensive mind, and we saw a lot of praise. Remember the the value, that game-winning alley-oop against the Clippers, great play call from Coach Monty Williams, and in these finals, they noticed that the Bucks have been struggling from three, especially in game two, and I, I as I was watching the game, uh, they went into a 2-3 zone, which is, you know, savvy to try to keep them, or try to make them, dare them to shoot threes and, and try to clog the paint up for Giannis as he loves to uh, really drive into the paint as much as he can. Um, but, I mean, he still had 42 points. You're really not going to stop him much. But I still love the, the coaching plan decision there and just overall what Coach Williams has been doing so far with um, everything that his game plan and, uh, and rallying that team. Uh, that team is 100% behind him, and they, they're playing for him. I really love his leadership there. And now I want to get a sense of your, like, predictions on who do you think right now is leading the charge for finals MVP um, uh, right now it looks like the Suns uh, but you could even mention a Bucks player if you want to but who do you think is, is leading the charge of finals MVP so far what do you think Chris
2: um, I gotta give it to Chris Paul Chris Paul is just Chris Paul has just been amazing he did the same thing last year with, um, with the, the OKC OKC Oklahoma City Thunder did it a couple of years ago with Houston but then he got injured and they missed like thirty threes from in a row so that didn't go as planned, but Chris Paul really changes every team he goes to. And he's doing the same thing now. He's up there in age, but he's still looking like that young, spry Chris Paul from Wake Forest. It's just, it's just great to see him doing this at this stage, finally getting a chance. Um, Another name I would throw in there, or a couple of names, Devin Booker, obviously, for obvious reasons, and DeAndre Eden, because he's really stepped up his game.
1: I think it's funny in the last question you posed, neither one of us said anything about Chris Paul or Devin Booker as to why the Suns have their 2 0 lead. They've both been incredible. But I think as of right now, obviously, it seems like the Suns will win the series. And I think at that point, it goes to CP3. Him and Booker have been putting up pretty similar numbers over these first couple of games, but CP3's just been more efficient shooting. Booker's had to shoot up a lot more shots to get the same amount of points. Um, so I think CP3's looked better through these first two. Um, and I, you know, he's never won a finals and he's later in his career. So I expect him to really go full throttle in order to win this championship. So I expect big performances over these past couple games. Um, if the Bucs win the finals, I think it's going to go to Giannis, like Dundale. But other than that, I think CP3 has got it locked up for the Suns.
0: I, I love the way CP3 has been playing and you, Chris mentioned the recent playoff history for CP3, his, uh, they were up three two against the Warriors when he was in Houston and then taking that uh, team like OKC to the playoffs where they had like a, like a 5% chance of making the playoffs before the season and they made it. Um, I just, he, like Chris said, he really influences and, and, and really uplifts any franchise he goes to. Um, and he's been breaking records for, he's 36 breaking records for like 36 year olds in the first time in the finals, like, you know, putting up these points and assists and all that we love that Devin Booker obviously um and I mean I remember remember that those finals where it was I believe the 2016 finals where LeBron blew out everybody and he still was considered for finals MVP maybe this could be the same case with Giannis where maybe the Suns win and Giannis still gets it with his crazy play who knows that'd be kind of cool to see a loser win NBA finals um, great talking points and great trivia question as well, but we'll see how the the uh, the final shape out. I kind of want to, you know, get off a little bit of rundown. But with CP3 playing so well and being that his past playoff history kind of just been derailed with injuries, he's always just been unlucky. If he wins the finals this year and wins Finals MVP in his first final, what do you? Where does his legacy – obviously, his legacy is already kind of cemented, but where does this this take him in the next level, I guess, in ranking of all-time point guards? What do you think, Dylan?
1: It's tough because he's failed so many times before, especially back in the Lob City Clipper days when there were such high expectations for that team and they just never met it. And, you know, he was one of the older guys on that team. Not that he was old at the time, but he was still one of the leaders of that team. And the fact that they just consistently came up short, I don't think they even made a conference finals that always to me seemed like a tarnish on his resume. Um, and then you had, like Chris mentioned, the unfortunate series in Houston where he got hurt and they got knocked out by uh, golden state. So, you know, this will definitely help cement that he is a really good player. He changed his franchise significantly over the past year, brought them to an NBA finals and on the verge of winning one, but just the failures in uh, LA always, are what comes to mind first for Chris Paul with me so I don't think it helps him in those all-time great point guards but I'm very impressed with what he's done just to me he's not one of the all-time greats.
2: Uh, for me I I have him solid number two behind Magic Johnson if he wins everything um, it's just Chris Paul is just one of the smartest savviest basketball minds we've ever seen so to me, I'm a little biased. I love Chris Paul. I'm a little biased. I'm not gonna lie. I'm a little. I'm a little biased, but it's just it's just amazing to see how how he changes each franchise that he goes to, and the the only the only other point guard I can think that has been to me that has been this smart, doesn't do too much, doesn't just does what he needs to do to get his team to win. I've only seen it from John Stockton. So, oh, so you you've seen John Stockton play with your. Own I'm seeing like right? you know I'm I'm seeing, I'm seeing John <laughs> so, yeah. So you were at the games, right? Oh, definitely, of course. Okay, the, sure. The push off game when we put and we're not gonna get into that. that's a whole different conversation. Okay, but, All right, But What? I'm saying like I just I feel like so for me it was always magic and John Stockton wanted to, but I feel like John Stockton never won the big the NBA title, obviously. So I feel like if if CP3 wins this title. It elevates him just that much over John Stockton to be the second best guard of all time. Yeah, but John
1: Stockton was dealing
2: with MJ back in the day.
1: Yeah. LeBron.
2: Kobe.
0: Chris Posit. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's great players and great eras. You know, they're always gonna there's always gonna be those there was Kareem, there was Wilt, Kareem, Magic Bird, Jordan, Kobe, LeBron. So I would, you shocked me with a lot of your statements and I'm going to have to try to, I'm trying to have to pick them apart. I'm trying to, I'm I'm you know, put a little pressure on you right now. Um, I do want to say when talking about Chris Paul, it's always mentioned that he's like one of the best true point guards, true point guards, because then you you have scoring point guards, you have strictly passing point guards, like uh, Steve Nash and Stockton, you know, Stockton's not really, but like true point guard where, you know, they really can do. But I'm, I kind of want to, you know, focus on, Point guards and you putting him number two kind of shocking because I'm a very strong believer that Stephen Curry is already the second best point guard of all time behind Magic. Magic, you can't really take that away from him. He, you know, he's, he's Magic, yeah. but Curry. I mean, Curry changed the way basketball is played, and he's he's still the greatest point guard right now. He's the greatest point guard of his generation, and and. Honestly, if I was drafting a team, I'd want Curry over Magic, but for respect to Magic, I'm gonna keep uh keep him up there. So I mean, I, I kind of want to get, I'll let you have your 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 say right now, but like you putting Chris Paul over, over Curry like that. I what do you think?
2: <laughs> I mean, it's I mean it's shocking that you said you take Steph Curry over Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson is six nine point guard. When I was drafting a team, I'd take I'd take Curry. But, okay. That's I see why you said that, but I just I'm just still baffled. No, and yeah, it's it's jarring. It's, it definitely is. And a reason I say Steph, I say Chris over Steph just because he's Steph Chris Paul is just the embodiment of a point guard. Like I get okay, kids. Oh kids, yo, be like Steph Curry, shoot threes. I understand that. Change the game not one of the greatest players of all time already i completely understand it but when i think of point guards i think of i think of leaders i think of assists no turnovers we've seen steph turn it over in crucial moments multiple times yes we have yeah um i think calm composure never let them never see them get rattled nothing and when i think of that i think of strictly magic john stockton and chris paul steph if you want to put steph in there that's 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 a different conversation. But for me, true, like, true point guard, basketball mind IQ-wise, and a little bit of play-wise, too, it's, it's Magic, Chris Paul, and John Stockton. three of the greatest basketball sure. minds I've ever seen. Sure. I mean, if you want to make
0: that list and just change the name from point guard to, like, floor general, then, yeah, go ahead. But, I mean, whatever. <laughs> but anyway, anyway, going uh, off a little tangent there. Now, let's get to the meat and potatoes. Winning the finals predictions Dylan, do you think the Suns are going to finish it off or do you think the Bucks are going to come back?
1: I'm really torn because on this show three weeks ago, exactly, I said it was still in the conference finals at the time. Or no, I think it was around before. So it was still Bucks, Nets, Sixers, Hawks, all that. And I said the Bucks and Suns were going to make the finals. And I said wow. Bucks in seven. So, like, to me, I want to stick with my guns and say the Bucks are going to come back and win it in seven. At the moment, I'm fully winning Suns. But just for consistency, I'm gonna say Bucks maintain home court. They win all three games at home and they pull out game seven on the road. I'm gonna say bucks and seven, just to stick with it. Do I really believe it at this point? Honestly, not really. <laughs> but just to stay with what I said three weeks ago, Bucks and Seven.
2: If I guess you predicted the Bucks and Suns, you you should pat yourself no, on that. No, no, that, that that's pretty you, cool. No, you really should because that I had the Nets going all the way. I truly did. But um I never, I never like to say, I never, when the, when the team is up 2-0, I never like to say it's going to be a sweep because that t- the team that's down 2-0 has nothing to lose. And the team that's up 2-0, they get complacency. We see it all the time. So I think the Bucs will get it tonight. I really do. I think I think they'll get game three, but I think it's going to go to five. So Suns in five. Suns in
0: five. Surprise, no one said Suns in four. Obviously the funny meme with a guy in the, the the the, the audience fight the he's now a living legend i i hear the streets are saying um they gave him tickets that's pretty crazy uh i i that pr move is kind of crazy by the suns giving him you know fame and he's got t-shirts and all that he's literally like a mascot now um but chris i see chris i'm gonna be coming at you the entire show just just so you know um Complacency and all that when a team is up 2-0 is definitely a thing that's happened in the past, and you see that all the time. But I feel like this team is young and hungry. And when you have the, the – I, which I think is the next embodiment of Kobe uh, in Devin Booker. Obviously, he's obsessed with Kobe. He wears the Kobe shoes. He has the be legendary. That's what Kobe told him. And then when you have Chris Paul playing as well as he is right now and um, – being that this is first finals and who knows if this is his last you don't know I mean they could still be good next year but well it's hard to you know go back to back especially in the west um you know they could be coming out guns a-blazing and and really come out and win the next two games uh, with a deflated Bucks team but uh, it's really it's really tough because I'm kind of conflicting myself because this fine this playoffs we've seen so many teams go up to open and you know, the the, the team down 2-0, like the Clippers, for example, they did it all, they came back all the time. Um, But I'm going to go for the sweep, Suns and Four. Um, That was a roller coaster. That
1: was. I I really thought you were going to say Suns and Four, and I was going to rip you for it, and then I thought you were getting away from it, and then you got back to it.
0: Listen, my mind is an eternal roller coaster that I sometimes don't even understand it. So that was just, that was kind of like a me thinking out loud moment. I, I really going into the question, I really didn't know the answer until you know, I talked about it. So you know, not good hosting by me. But Suns and four—that's what the kids are saying. That's what I'm saying. So I really like their chances of, uh, of you know, that might be tarnishing to Giannis's career. Honestly, I like I love Giannis. Love, it. but if he gets swept in these finals by uh, by the Suns team, it's kind of tough on him. Uh, you know what? Let's talk about it. Giannis, if he loses his finals, what do you think this does for him in his, in his uh, I guess, chase for uh, being one of the all-time great bucks and all-time great players and, in NBA history? What do you think, Dylan?
1: I mean, I don't know. Is he, he's stuck in that big contract now. So it's not like he really has an option to go somewhere else. I think he will be one of the all-time great bucks just because you know, he was back-to-back MVPs. He brought this team to the finals for the thir- first time in like 30 years. Um, so I think he's definitely going to be one, considered as one of the all-time great bucks. But if he loses the series and especially if they get swept, which I don't think they will. Um, but it's, it's definitely a bad luck if he gets swept because this is the first time he's finally made it. He finally got through the gauntlet of the East, which is nothing compared to what it is out West. So in theory, he really should have been here a couple times already. And now to go down 2-0, if he doesn't put up at least a good fight, it's definitely going to look bad on when we look back at his all-time records.
2: 100% agree. Uh, and full disclaimer, before I start my argument, I just want if, – if they lose – if they get swept, I really just want him to be scrutinized the same way we scrutinized Kevin Durant and the same way we scrutinized LeBron. I've, I don't know if you guys have been watching, but – it, the, the way we criticize these athletes is very biased, very oh, yeah. biased. And I just want everybody to be criticized like, equally, no matter what your personal feelings are against them. It's just because some of the takes I've heard is outrageous, but that's a whole nother conversation.
1: Yeah, we could get in a whole conversation about we
2: could that. Do a podcast for 20 hours on that. But for your question, Giannis, all-time bucks, I put him right at number three automatically. Right at number three automatically. Because you have you have Kareem when he was Lou and you have Oscar. So you can't, I the bit Oscar Robertson, Kareem, those those are the cornerstones, the pillars of those franchise, front that that franchise. That's never gonna that that's never going to change. No one's gonna ever gonna come into Milwaukee and, and take the mantle from Kareem Abdul Jabbar. That's just never gonna happen. But Giannis does have a solid case going for him if he can get multiple finals. He has a solid case.
0: He does. I mean, I'm more of a see. I I have a OJ Mayo at number three, but that's just me. Um. Oh, wow. So whatever. Um. No, but no Giannis if he gets swept, and I love that. I love that point by Chris. I I want these. Obviously, it's not going to happen. Um. But you know, if Giannis Giannis is a two time MVP. MVP back-to-back so he's already he's cemented himself as one of the best players in the game and he should be criticized as such where if he you praise him when he does well but if he fails like we've seen him fail in the final in the the playoffs before making the the finals he should get uh penalized for that what do you think uh, what was that Dylan
1: I definitely think he should be penalized for not making it through the east I think he deserves more criticism than he's gotten but Chris talked about how LeBron gets heavily criticized and KD gets heavily criticized. KD went to the Warriors and then to the Nets. Giannis has stayed in Milwaukee, a small market, tried to build that franchise on his own. So to me, like, sure, you can say, like, oh, Giannis hasn't done as much. And you can criticize him for not having made it to at least the conference finals, I don't think, so far. Maybe one. But just I personally enjoy when a guy – gets drafted to a small market team stays there really takes on that franchise on his shoulders. So for me, they do get a little bit of leniency because I like that homegrown uh, kind of athlete.
0: That's a really good point by Dylan from the top rope. Love that. And that big contract is staying there for a while. So we will see a lot more of Giannis in that Bucks uniform and we'll see how they fare in the rest of these finals. You got your predictions in, you can book them. All three of our predictions are going to come true. So next up on our gauntlet of sports, MLB baseball is really on fire right now. And I love to see that. We are seeing some great baseball being played and especially with the fans being back in the stadiums and stadiums getting back to full capacity. There's nothing like going to a ballpark and watching nine Dominican players on the same team. So heading into this all-star break, We have seen so many ups and downs of the baseball season going back to the 162-game season format. And we've seen a lot of teams surprise people, a lot of teams disappoint people. And I'm going to start off with Dylan. Who do you think is the team that's doing surprisingly well up until this point that's, you know, got your eye?
1: Well, there's two in the same division that got me really excited. Out in the AL West, we got the Mariners and the Angels. Mm. the seattle mariners so when i was i was going over these notes this morning without looking at the mariners roster i could literally name one player one without was looking. that cut? seager no mitch hanniger oh wow that was the first one that came to mind seager too i would like and you know once you look at it i saw i knew a couple more yeah but these are a bunch of no-name guys pretty no-name guys that are only two and a half games back of the wild card they're above 500 Over the past 10 seasons, they've only had three winning records. I'm just surprised they're even near 500 and in contention right now. And then you look at the Angels who've been playing without Mike Trout. They're hovering at 500. They can make a run when he comes back. And Otani, I got to see him at Yankee Stadium. That man is worth the price of admission. I love Shohei Otani. Um, But just both of those teams, the fact their records are so good and Trout not even being with the Angels right now and them still being at 500 has impressed me a lot.
0: Chris, before you want to go – before you go, I just want to get – you went to the Otani game in Yankee Stadium? The two-home run game. Yes, I did. Oh, wow. How was that? I just,
1: it was incredible. And I went to that game because I thought he was going to pitch that day. Ah, you, the day before. They pushed him back a start. Yeah, but then, yeah. Or, yeah, pushed him back – pushed his start back a day. Wow. Yes. Um. But then he got lit up. So, honestly, oh, I'm, yep. I'm glad I didn't get to see him pitch because, like, my mental image of him would have been tarnished that night. Um, but the two home runs was incredible. I was I was on cloud nine. I was so excited. I only really went to see him. I'm a Mets fan, so it's not mm-hmm. like I want to see the Yankees play. No, you um, did. Otani was great. It was so fun. We can go back to Chris. What are your What are your positive
2: teams? Well, you know it's good to have a fellow Mets fan in here. You know these Yankee fans are trying to take over, but I appreciate a fellow Mets fan when I see. <laughs> them. Um, I have the San Francisco Giants as one team that's doing surprisingly well, and I also have the Milwaukee Brewers. Um, Milwaukee Brewers story crowded conference AL, NL central is a very crowded it's like a three or four team jumble so beginning going into the season everybody was like oh it's going to be this team going to be that I don't think anybody really expected the Brewers to do, be doing this well this early and for the Giants they're just a team that's starting to show their age they have I think if I'm not mistaken three or four 30 something 30 something year old players like you know mid 30s 35 36 but they're doing surprisingly well, too. And the, both of these teams have surprisingly surprised me.
1: The the Giants City Connect uniforms are gorgeous. I don't like a lot of them. I hate the Miami ones. But the Giants, oh, my gosh. Whoever cooked that up needs a raise. Dylan,
0: you know, I was going to say, I, I, I said already that I'm going to be coming at Chris. But now I have to come at you now that we're talking baseball. We 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 have a lot of differing opinions. You don't like I'm that? Really, I'm really sorry. The what? Giants, <laughs> the Giants City Connect jerseys—they're gorgeous. All right, uh, the worst ones gotta be Boston, I think. I uh, but, but like they're they're down there with
1: Miami. The, I love Miami's worse, dude. Dude, Miami looks fire. Oh, dude. But oh, dude, oh. Mm-hmm. no, the
0: Giants. I feel like they could have done so much more with the bridge and, and the bay. And, and I feel like it's just too simple. It's just a big G. That you know. I don't know. I love the
1: house. It's got the clouds. Yeah.
0: yeah. I, I, I love like that was like a nice, you know, foundation. They could have done more. They could have done more. I just feel like they could have done more, but you know, whatever. whatever. I just think uh, that the um, the Chicago White Sox, that's the best one so far. I like
1: both Chicago. I think both Chicago's are really good.
0: Yeah. So, but um, the Giants are actually my surprising team out in a, in a very competitive NL West when you have the Dodgers and the Padres out of nowhere you see the Giants just win baseball games. That's all they, they just win. And being the first team to 50 wins and this this was not expected by anybody. They, they were probably slated to maybe finish third in the NL West. And now they're jockeying for position against the Dodgers for that top spot. And now with a three-team race in the NL West, we could see two wild cards come out of the NL West. And I mean, that's just absolutely insane. And yeah, like Chris said, they have a bunch of sugar daddies over there, a bunch of 35-year-old guys that are still swinging. Uh, we see uh, Brandon Crawford, Brandon Belt, uh, Buster Posey, you know, just at, coming back from that crazy injury and, and being the starting catcher for the NL all star game. That is a great sight to see. Uh, we see Evan Longori on that team. I mean, just a bunch of, like, mid to, like, you know, teen 2000s, like, players that when you grow up watching baseball, you, you grew up loving these guys when they were young, and now they're a little older, and it's kind of sad to see, but, like, they're still swinging it, so love that. So the Giants are my team. Um, Bruce is a good pick, and I'm trying to think. Uh, the Boston Red Sox, I'm surprised, because they were so atrocious last year, where they had the awful pitching, and they were just just one of the worst teams last year, and this year, now coming out in a, now we see loaded AL East. I mean, kudos, coming from a Yankee fan myself, uh, Chris, I didn't even know you were a Mets fan, uh, but, The Yankee fan in me, like, it's really hard to give them props for Boston. Uh, Don't like them at all. But the Yankees are like 0-8 against them or something. That's crazy. But kudos to them. They uh, Devers is playing great. They have the starting left side of the infield in the AL East with Bogarts and Devers. Uh, They got J.D. Martinez there. They got uh, Nathan Evaldi pitching in there. So Boston, really surprised about them. Now I'm going to turn to Chris. What are some teams that you think are – disappointing up until this season, up until this point in the season?
2: Uh, I say, even though you, your Yankees aren't doing bad, could be doing a lot better. Yankee, all, all the talent, I know injuries are a factor, but with all the talent, you guys should be easily beating everybody you come across. I'm very disappointed in you, in you specifically, Ronnie. But, no, um, yeah, yeah. and, you know, my Mets, New York teams, we gotta we gotta pick it up, pick it up a little bit. We're doing, we're not doing bad. We're like, you know, we're not, we're not the laughing stock we used to be. But we gotta, we we gotta, we gotta pick it up a little bit. I feel like we could be doing a lot better than we are right now.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna pile onto the Yankees hate. Um, so for the star power on this team, they're having an incredibly average season, which is embarrassing. Um, they're eight games back in the division, and we're 90 games into the season. That's brutal. Um, they're probably going to have a strong run in them somewhere, maybe, but so far I've been incredibly underwhelmed and loving it. Um, but my actual pick is the St. Louis Cardinals. They mm. just fleeced Colorado mm-hmm. to be one of the best third basemen in the game in Nolan Arenado. And they're not even playing 500 baseball this season. Mm-hmm. Right now they're tied with the Cubs in that three, four spot in the NL central. And it's a really good division but they're eight games back in the division, like eight and a half in the wild card. This was supposed to be their year. They went out, they got their guy. They were they made a deep run in the playoffs not too long ago. So everyone, everyone thought once they got Nolan Arenado, this was going to be a big turning point for them. And they're not even playing 500 baseball. I've been very disappointed in them and the Yankees. Ronnie, that's your fault.
0: That is 100% my fault. My pick is also the Yankees being, I understand, that they 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 are also, they are bad they are they have been playing very bad other than judge everyone else has just been slumping dj LeMayhew signed a big big contract in the offseason it was like 6 years 90 million and he finished in his two years with the yankees finished in the top 5 in mvp voting and then this year is not seen is this a dramatic drop off he was the batting champion last year um, and then this year he he Right now the Yankees are kind of a little bit of uptick, especially in I mean, we were about that game against Houston yesterday. That was an absolute complete shutout, uh, complete game shutout by Garrett Cole, no spider attack, 12 K's, three hits, no, no, spider attack. I mean, they checked him multiple times, even mid-inning. I don't I don't know what to tell you, but uh he did a masterpiece, Aaron Judge with the Otuve troll doing the little thing about the buzzer. Love that love to see that. They, if they, I, I believe they're currently winning against the Astros right now. Um, one to nothing, I believe, two to one. So they can, they can sweep uh, an Astros team that is one of the best teams in baseball, but they have been playing absolutely average, below average, just their base running stinks. They can't They can't steal a base to save their lives. And they are the team with the most outs on the base paths in baseball. They can't hit with runners in scoring position. They can never get the big hit. All their home runs are solo shots. They can never get multiple RBIs that way. Um, there was a stretch where the pitching was okay, but, I mean, Chapman has fallen off the face of the earth, one of the best closers in baseball. Um, his first, like, 13 starts, he had a sub-1 ERA, and then, like, the next 13, he has like, an 11 ERA. I don't know. He just absolutely lost. it. might be some sticky stuff there, too. We'll, we'll, we'll see about that. But um, just... Any way that the Yankees could have failed, they have been failing. Um, but 162. That's the ultimate equalizer. They can they can maybe turn it around. But and I the, the St. Louis Cardinals, man, they I I after they got out, I thought it was a Sherlock to win the, the central. I thought that was their division to lose, especially with Goldschmidt Schmidt and Jack Flaherty and all that injuries, you know, derailed them a little bit, but they look like they're out. And my final disappointing team will be the Minnesota Twins, the Bomba squad, because they have been winning their division the past, I guess, couple years in a row. And now that the Chicago White Sox are good and pitching has been bad and their sellers, they've been absolutely terrible. So I was expecting a lot more from them going into this season. And at the break, they are completely dead. So um, those are the surprises, those are the disappointers. And now going into the All-Star game, you know, I want to talk about, you know, some of our stars of the game. Um, First off, speaking of stars of the game, we just lost uh, Ronald Cunha to a torn ACL. Absolutely sucks. Hate to see that. Hope for a, a speedy recovery from him. But um, I want to get a sense of your guys' thoughts on the All Star Game right now. Starting off with the Home Run Derby that's starting Monday. Um, we're coming down to the wire. We got some good candidates, um, but I want to get a sense of. Well, let me list them off. Uh, I don't have the list right in front of me, which is pretty bad. But we have Otani. As soon as Otani said he was going to be in the, the Home Run Derby, I thought that was an instant win for MLB. Otani, we have uh, Joey Gallo, Juan Soto. Uh, who else is in there? Uh, my Alvador Perez,
1: me. Pete Alonzo, Trevor yes. Story. Matt Trey Mancini. Trey Mancini.
0: There you go. Yeah, we got some heavy hitters um, in there so far. So I want to get a sense of your guys' thoughts on some of the favorites to win. The Homer Derby. What do you think, Chris?
2: I'm going. Show. I'm on. I'm on the Shohei Ohtani bandwagon. All 2021. I want him to win everything he can. So I'm rooting for him, and nobody but Shohei Ohtani the entire time this event is going. It's taking place. I'll be on the edge of my seat, yelling at the TV. I want Shohei Ohtani to win. No one else.
1: I am also on the Shohei Ohtani bandwagon, but. I think it's going to get derailed in the home run derby. Don't say it. I'm not going to say Pete. I'm not saying Pete. Okay, okay.
0: I was about to say. I was um, about to say. No, no,
1: no, I think Coors Field is a lefty favoring park, but I think Joey Gallo is going to make the finals mm. with Otani, and I think Gallo is going to beat him. Uh, they both got a lot of pop and a lot of lift. I think, I think what's going to favor Gallo is that tall wall. He's got a little more lift in his swing. Um, so I think it'll be Gallo Otani, but I think Ota- uh, Otani's not going to win, and my party's going to be very sad.
0: Man, I love the way Otani's being marketed right now and how, like, everybody's on his side. Like, I haven't really seen many people, like, doubt him. Um, like, they do another superstar that's out in the NL West. That We'll, I guess, talk about it in a couple seconds. But um, Shohei Otani, I mean, what more can you say about him? He's the modern-day Ruth. He, he's, he's a proficient pitcher. He's a, a, an outstanding hitter. Um, Gallo is a good pick. I love him because he's been red hot so far. Um, a lot of lefties. We have Olson. Uh, he's got some pop. We saw videos of him training for it. Uh, Juan Soto. Juan Soto. He's for a young guy. He's got a lot of pop in his swing as well, and he's my Dominican brother. So you know, I gotta support him. But I mean, it's Otani's derby to lose. Um, he's he's got the the moxie. He's got the the lights on him, and he he wants he wants that spotlight, as we saw, uh, as we were being seen right now, and his home runs, the the lengths, the distance that he hits them, I, that's why I feel like that tall wall is not really going to bother me as much, because he hits absolute ropes out there to left field, he, he's, he's a pull hitter, I mean, he, his swing too is just, I mean, I'm surprised they don't like drug test him or something for steroids, because the guy, he's hitting 460 foot home runs like every day. And I, I mean, I love his, his, um, his approach. I don't know. Atani I guess we'll, we'll sweep, we'll sweep the board. Tani, if he wins, that'll be a great win for baseball. Just as um, uh, some of the great players of the years past one, like uh, Judge and, and Pete Alonso. So that's great. Pete Alonso. I mean, he, he has a shot, right? right? He he's getting make- hot too. He's at a couple yeah.
1: recently. He's, he's turning it on.
0: So, I mean, your Mets, the Mets representative, I mean, I'll surprise you guys were going with him. But Otani, I'm sure we won't, this won't be the last time we mention him. Um, but now I want to get to the All Star game. And we've seen a lot of players opt out through, due to several, you know, injuries. And I do want to say, in my opinion, all of the Astros players have all opted out of the, of the All Star game. And I seriously think that it's because of they don't want to like, get booed at the the all-star game when it's supposed to be celebrated. So yeah, I want to say that, but a lot of players have been out there on Mookie Betts opted out um, and uh, the Grom's not pitching, which is very, very sad. um, And a lot of injuries. So we're getting an influx of replacements, but so far right now, who do you think are some of your all-star snubs that even after the players that opted out still haven't gone in as a replacement? What do you think Dylan?
1: So for me, the players that I'm picking are actually going to be in the all-star game, but they should have been chosen not being replacements. And these two, mm-hmm. both of these pitchers are not pitchers. Both of these players rather blew my mind that they weren't all-stars Uh, you know, big Mets guy. So I'm going to go a former Met and a current Met. Okay. Um, Justin Turner, 100% should have mm-hmm. been there. He's batting over 300. He had a grand slam the other night against the Diamondbacks. Mm-hmm. He's had a great season so far. I think he should have been a pick, not a replacement. And same goes for Taiwan Walker. He's got one of the top 10 ERAs in baseball, and he can't even get an all-star spot. The fact that he had to be a replacement is a joke to me. Um, one person that actually didn't make it that I'll pick is Jordan Alvarez. Um, mm-hmm. I think, not that he necessarily would have went now that all the Houston guys aren't going, but I think he uh, he's having a season where he definitely could have been an all-star.
2: I have to go with um, Max, Scherzer. Max Scherzer. I don't understand who how the voting works but I don't know why Max Scherzer is not an all-star. That's just, to me, that's kind of appalling, honestly, because he's been one of the most consistent pitchers in MLB for years. So, and I think he had a a streak of consecutive all-star games that was just broken this year. So, I just, I I feel like it's it's a disservice to the game if we don't select the proper talent that should be in the all-star game. And back to Ronnie's point about um, the all-stars opting out, I think – the all-star game is becoming less and less of an importance to players. And they're starting to see it as more of, of yes, it's an honor to be selected, but it's more for the fans, not really for mm-hmm. your own personal game. So I feel like they're, they're starting to prioritize health and their body and winning above the all-star game.
1: I think the group um, would have pitched if he wasn't yeah. so this year, Just mm-hmm. he's been battling a lot of injuries. And I, I agree that a lot of them are choosing to opt out because of that reason, Um but I think ground with his injuries, but I think otherwise he probably would have won. I don't think he would have mm-hmm. opted out if he hadn't been dealing with injuries this year.
0: Yeah, I agree as well. And um, the All-Star game, they, I remember back in the day, it wasn't a complete exhibition where it had nothing on the line. Back in the day, the winner of the All-Star game, like the league that won the All-Star game had home court or a home field advantage in the World Series. And I kind of like that. That kind of gave it a little more, I guess, uh, worth to play for if you're a team and you're competing, you want that home field advantage, especially MLB playoffs, you know, some of the best playoffs in all the sports. Um, so now that, that 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 doesn't really affect anything, um, it's just a straight up exhibition for the fans. And I'm sure they get, you know, signing bonuses if, if they get an all-star selection, obviously, but now seeing all these um, these big names opt out, it, it's kind of bad for the sport, if if I might say, but, um, a snub for me. Um, I, I we have uh, we have three Yankees in there right now. I'm gonna add a fourth. Gary Sanchez should be a catcher. But no, don't give me that look, Dylan. Don't give me that look. Gary Sanchez. He started off the season bad. Uh, I mean, like the rest of the Yankees team, but he went on a month tear in June, where I was surprised he wasn't. You know, he, he was a top candidate for Player of the Month. Joe, Gary Sanchez was one of the hottest players in baseball and now that propelled him he had he had better numbers than some of the guys ever you know like um Mart- martin maldonado was a finalist for the and um zonino and all them zonino has the home runs and stuff and yes there's money grandal and all them i feel like he should be at least a reserve especially with the replacements and everything um another one that got robbed of the starting spot is Cedric Mullins he's in but Cedric Mullins, I mean, he's leading like outfielders in like all the outfielders and categories. And I was surprised that he didn't get chosen for a starter. We all know Trout, you know, is going to be starting, you know, best player in the game. Well, I mean, I don't know. Is tiny the best player in the game? I don't know. We can talk about that a little bit later. But um, he's not going to play because he's hurt. So I would love to see Cedric Mullins, especially representing um, the Orioles that have been. He's like one of the lone bright spots on that team. So Cedric Mullins was um uh, the, the guy I really liked um from there. So um and I, w- I was gonna say Manny Machado, but he just got um selected to get in there um for the Padres just yesterday. Oh and um Chris breaking news for you my buddy uh, Max Scherzer is a replacement so he's gonna be there. So, so see, this is- Streak Streak is good. Great. I feel
2: like just select him in the first place, you know?
0: No, yes. Yeah he should have been there in the first it's just this just shows that there's a lot of talent in the MLB right now, which is absolutely, you love to see it. So that's some all-star talk. But now we are in the middle of the season. Well, a little past the middle of the season with some 90 games in. And I want to talk some uh, mid-season awards. So right now, if the season were to end today and everything's locked up, we're going to talk about some individual awards. Who do you guys have? We're going to start with, let's start with the AL. We'll leave some of the spicy takes for later. The AL. MVP, what you guys got, Chris? What do you think?
2: Shohei Ohtani. My gosh, just, just just this is his year. Just he has everybody behind him. He's doing Babe Ruth like things. Not saying he is Babe Ruth, but he's doing Babe Ruth like things. So I'm I'm all on his bandwagon. I'm ready to pack up right now, and go wherever he goes, because I'm riding for Shohei Ohtani. So Shohei Ohtani, one
1: hundred percent. He. He hits incredibly well. He's leading the league at home runs. His ERA up until his bad start was, like, in the mid twos. I think it's right mm-hmm. around three now. Yeah. The fact that he can do both at a very, mm-hmm. very high level, MVP without a doubt.
0: It's, it's Shohei Otani, obviously. I mean, see, Babe Ruth, the thing with Babe Ruth, obviously, he played it back in the early 1900s where, you know, who? how fast were they throwing back in the day? Were they reaching 60, 70 miles per hour? I mean, I don't know I, I don't know. He's throwing a hundred miles per hour. He has the most unhittable pitch in baseball, in terms of batting average and whiff rate, which is a splitter. You know, he has the most strikeouts with that pitch. I mean, and he has—he's on pace for sixty-plus home runs. So, like, you know, first player in MLB history to pitch to be selected as a All-Star pitcher and hitter, and he's gonna be the first player to pitch and hit in the All-Star game. I and mean, he's going to be in the home run. Like, come on, come on, come on. Like, it wouldn't be as impressive if he was, like, one of those contact hitters that just hit, like, line drives and he had a good batting average and stuff. He's he's a a, la- a perfect baseball player, made in the lab, a unicorn, any cliche, you know, saying you want to say by him. He's running away with it. Well, not running away. I love Vladimir Guerrero. He's right – he's behind him. Um, in the beginning of the season, I feel like it was Vladdy. Until, you know, Shohei just absolutely went off. Now, pitching-wise, in the AL, we're going to go to the Cy Young Award. Chris, who do you think is the Cy Young Award winner so far in the American League?
2: Carlos Rondon. Wow. Surprising, surprising pick, surprising pick. But I just, I love what he's doing. Um, he's he's found he's finding his stride. He's found it. He's just taking off with it. And I really it was a surprise pick. I caught you with that one. I, yeah, know, yeah, you I caught you. I even uh, know you knew who that was. <laughs> well, I've been I've been doing <laughs> my research. I've been doing my research, but you know, I just I just really like him as a pick, and I think he's a lot. I'm
1: no gonna go to this one. Year. Of, I'm gonna go one of his teammates. I'm gonna say Lance Lynn. Ooh, um, I like that. One. Both pitchers having really good years. I think Rodon threw a no hitter if I'm not he mistaken. Did. Yep. Um, Lance Lynn solid ERA his whips right around one um and I just think in a lot of statistical categories he's right around the top one or two pitchers in the American League so if I had to take a pick right now it would be uh it would be Lance Lynn I like the Lance I love the
0: Chicago White Sox theme we have going right now so Rodon, I mean he's he's had a sneaky good year and like just a couple of years ago, he was like battling to be in the league, and now he's he's having a, an all-star season. And Lance Lynn, I mean, Lance Lynn has had kind of like a bounce back couple of years. He had it with the Rangers last year, and then signed with the White Sox. And the he's a really fun guy to watch play because he's just he just dumps fastballs down your throat, and he's like, "Here, hit him!" And players just can't hit him. And he just has it with something like machismo, and he walks walks with a swagger to him. But, oh, man, I really hate to, to do this to you guys. I'm really sorry, especially after what I saw yesterday. How am I not going to say Garrett Cole for Cy Young? I mean, God, if, if I could
1: you, end the meeting, I would.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, all right. I know ever since the uh, the sticky stuff uh, situation, the sticky situation happened, ha, um, he's, um, he's been on a downtick. Especially with uh, his ERA kind of ballooning up a little bit and the strikeouts being down, but obviously you have to admit a lot of players used foreign substances to have a better grip on the ball. A lot of players were used to it, and then so, they they cut him dry. They said actually absolutely none, just sweat and rosin. That's all you got. Um, they cut him dry. So obviously it was going to take a couple starts to really you know get that rhythm back. And yesterday, bounce back game, statement game as a Yankee. Um, he he's. Uh, he's gonna be a finalist. I feel like for an, uh, for Cy Young, especially um, after the performance yesterday, and with the body work that he has, so I feel like he's um, he should be in line for it. Kyle Gibson of the Rangers has had also a great, great. Um, yes, yes, I agree with our producer Jonathan Haidt, Yesterday confirmed Cole, but uh, Kyle Gibson, he had a, he's having a great season and he should probably start. The AL All-Star Game, so um, I, those are my top two for the AL and our Rookie of the Year. Um, I feel like there's there's not really many options here in the AL, but uh, Dylan, who do you think is your
1: AL Rookie of the Year? Uh, Adeliz Garcia out of Texas. He's really well. He's been playing really well. I don't think he should have made the All-Star team. He was what a mm. who was he is who I would have taken out for Jordan Alvarez. Okay, um, but he is having an incredible rookie year. I'm w- whenever I submit my All-Star votes. And, you know, they're balloting. I look at do you, my key metric is, is your batting average over 280? That's my cutoff line for whatever reason. That's what I've decided is good. Um, and his is below that. So that was why I said he shouldn't make the all star team. But he is having an incredible rookie year. And just compared to the rest of the rookie class in the American League, I think he's at the top.
2: I agree. 100 percent. There's the, well you you laid out you laid out all of his achievements you laid out everything well I really have you really took the words out of my mouth so
1: there's just not a lot of competition in the American League
2: yeah here, yeah there's really not so
0: yeah there's there's not much to choose from in the American League and um, even with the National League uh, we'll get to that after uh, well we'll do a little sneak. so um, I also have a, uh, Adeliz Garcia he's been playing absolutely great I mean an All Star his first season pretty impressive um, and. The Texas Rangers found themselves their, I guess, future center fielder um, if they want to keep him. But I, I really like the way he plays. He kind of oh, hits for power, great speed, all that. So, um, But we'll, we'll do a little snake around. Now let's start off with the NL Rookie of the Year, um, Christopher Ellison. Who do you have winning that so far right now?
2: Juan DeFranco. Juan DeFranco. I have Juan DeFranco that's, winning that's it. That, that's the AL. That, that's the oh, AL. That's the, oh, snap. Snap, my bad. Uh, we're, we're in National League close it was close it was close close um i haven't really thought about the nl i've been more focused on the al i haven't really thought about the nl oh what do you think then
1: i'll give you trevor rogers um oh i was i was kind of going back and forth this morning when i was taking my notes for this but i think i forget even who the the couple there was one guy on the diamondbacks paven smith i think Mm -hmm. um was probably my other option but I think Rogers has been pitching really well. MLB loves lefty pitchers, so I say they get yeah. it to
0: him. I'm very surprised. I feel like there's an obvious one here for, for NL, and I think it's Jazz Chisholm uh, no. from Miami. Jazz Chisholm. Well, well, like well. What? He's batting like 250. Uh, that's not bad. What are you talking about? The 250s? I mean, these are rookies we're talking about. So, Jazz Chisholm, I feel like he's just great for the game. Uh, I feel like he, he makes baseball fun to watch. He has the crazy hair colors. He he has for power. He has for speed. And Miami is a not the best team, but they are a very young, you know, very young and experienced team that could be fun to watch. They have 6-0 Sanchez, and they have some. They have some really good. And the first couple months of the season, he was the second baseman of the uh, of the National League until you know things leveled out. But Jazz Chisholm, I feel like. He's in line to to be a finalist for rookie of the year, and I really like him to win it in the National League.
1: He's batting a whopping two fifty four, Ronnie. Two
0: fifty four. So so what? What are other so what? What what are other rookie batting leaders right now? So Dylan like, Car- yeah.
1: Dylan Carlson of the Cardinals is batting like two eighty.
0: All right, but you, do you want to give him rookie of the year? Yeah. You'd, you'd give it to him. So, all right, we're going to... I'd give it to Dylan Carlson
1: aver- over Jazz Chisholm any day of the week.
0: But bat- we, we got to understand, batting average, that's that stat, we can't really go 100% off that. You know, you know, we got to see a complete body of work here. We got RBIs. We got OPS. I really love OPS. We got war. We You know, we got a lot of stats to choose from. Batting average It's not, you know, uh, but, you know, teach their own, obviously, at batting average. 250 is not bad. For, right, Can we get to
1: the point where I really want to fight you on?
0: Yes, let's do it. All right, let's go. NL Cy Young. Um, There's probably it practically uh, one answer, and Chris, you better get it right. Who is it? Jacob DeGrom. Yeah. You passed the
2: test. Dylan? Jacob DeGrom. Any...
0: All right, cool. Awesome. Um, not surprised there. Uh, D- Jacob DeGrom. All right, glad we got that out of our system. NL MVP talks. Don't say you know, it. Don't say, say it. No, no. Don't you're do it. Say, anyway, Chris, who do you have?
2: Jacob DeGrom. Oh Jacob DeGrom. Oh, my fine, God.
1: Fine. If you're about to say, I don't care who you say, as long as it's not that devil of a man <laughs> out in San Diego.
0: I'm so sorry for you right now, but it's <laughs> Fernando Tatis Jr. You. I cannot right stand now. you. Fernando Tatis Jr. is the NL MVP. Bro, How are you going to All right. He is the most electric player in baseball. You can't tell me. Yes, he is. Don't give it me. He, he is.
2: is. He is. Well, i give it to you. He is. But he hey, is.
0: listen. Um, no, He is the National League leader in home runs. Um, and I, like, all right. If you're gonna give me that, I guess that argument that everybody has it against him—that he's the leader in errors. All right. But do you see all, what he else? What else he's the leader of? He's in the top five in like slugging OPS, batting average, and and um on base percentage and all that while also being one of the young great faces of baseball and playing for uh, a contending team in in San Diego I love his game he's my favorite player in the MLB so you know that's you know that kind of really so I, I honestly I want to know your gripe Dylan with uh and Chris if you do have one um your gripe with Fernando Tatis Jr. why what, what
1: what beef do you have first of all can I tell you somebody who has a better batting average than Fernando Tatis Jr.? Here we go with the batting average. Who? The NL MVP, Jacob deGrom. Okay, but he pitches
0: every – he bats every fifth day. So what? He's
1: hitting uh, a higher percentage. of the All right. No, no, no. My Here's my real gripe with Tatis Jr. And this is my – my main issue with him is that he got paid such a big bag before he even pay, played a full MLB season. He did okay. not even play 162 games before he got paid his boatload of money. Yeah. I just think it was a stupid front office decision. And for that reason, I hold it against it. Not that it's his fault that he signed the contract, but I, I just don't like him for that reason. I thought it was a bad business decision. And, you know, yeah, he's really good, but just to pay the guy hundreds of millions of dollars, like almost barely over half a season into his MLB career, it was just foolish. And for that reason, I, I just, that combined with his cockiness bothers me. Ooh. If he was just cocky, I don't think it would bother me. But the fact that he got paid so early and now is so arrogant, I, I just don't like him. I'm
0: just Chris, you, I'm just Chris, you, Okay. All right. Yeah, that's
1: fine. Um,
0: see, I, I believe we kind of had this conversation before about Tatis. Um, he uh, – you mentioned that he got that bag before he played, like, a full season. I mean, the 60-game season, that's not his fault. Um, and he did have an injury riddled rookie campaign, which we've had this conversation as well. I believe if he didn't get injured, he was going to win an rookie of the year that year. Uh, We all know who won it, Pete Alonzo, but that's neither here nor there. Um, but now that he's, has played, I believe 162 games. Um, he has been like the, the fastest or like the, he was the third fastest to, um, uh, 60 home runs in MLB history and his slugging percentages. He's the young all right. Let me, I need to get the stat right. Players 21 or younger, 22 or younger. He has the second most home runs um, before the All-Star break. So um, he's tied with Laddie Guerrero Jr. But I mean, he's there. He has the most home runs before the All-Star break for a shortstop. These are all just stats off the top of my head um, that put him in MLB history. And he's Looks like he might be the greatest pot like if he stays in, in in San Diego, he could be the greatest Padre ever. Big bag very early, but I mean you gotta secure that talent when you have it. It's just like saying, uh, like the Grant, he's the best pitcher right now. Um, and if if the Mets threw him a, a huge bag earlier, I mean, obviously you would be happy with it now looking at it. So I don't know. He's the NL my NL MVP. We'll see after another season, an- another half season going down to the wire. But I mean Jacob DeGrom, you can't take anything away. If he wins, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. He's he's great. Um, now moving on to the SPs. We're gonna we're gonna quickly do the SPs, um, which is a very big deal, Sportsland. and we saw a lot of great winners. The SPs were last night. What were your thoughts on, first off, on Anthony Mackey hosting? Do you like the selection? How do you think you did? How do you think how do you think he did overall? Chris, what do you think?
2: Uh, when I heard he was um, he got the um, gig as a host, I was kind of surprised because Anthony Maggie is mm-hmm. the first person you expect to host the ESPYs. But I think he did a great job. I mean, mm-hmm. the Ben Simmons joke was it, it felt a little forced to me, especially. I thought I, it was
1: funny, but I also really don't like Ben Simmons, so <laughs>
2: <laughs> I can understand why. I can re- wholeheartedly understand why. What I just felt like, you know, it was it's, it's we get it, you know. We I think we've made enough jokes about Ben Simmons to the point where we have to ask ourselves. Do we still believe in him as a player but that's a whole that's a whole another conversation but i feel like anthony mackey did a great job just a couple jokes felt forced to me
1: i thought Mackie did a good job i thought the stand-up at the beginning his opening stand-up kind of i don't know you're right it seemed a little bit forced the whole stand-up thing at the beginning of the night and throughout it but i just think disney's out here playing chess and stealing everybody's money they got one of the stars of their new series on Disney plus hosting the ESPN show for all the sports awards. I think, you know, just having him host the SB was cash money for them. They're going to just combine all their assets and just keep stealing all of our money. I think, I think that's probably why Disney, the Disney corporation wanted it honestly, more than anything else. Cause you don't think Anthony Mackie, when you think of sports, mm-hmm. it's not super related, okay. but I just think for them, it was a great business decision. I, I thought it was really smart.
0: That's actually a very good point. I had not even realized that at all. You know, Disney Star, um, ESPN obviously owned by Disney, was hosting one of the biggest sports galas of the year, the annual SPs. And I thought he did pretty well. Um, I, I thought it was pretty funny. Uh, but on sometimes he's known, I really liked it when uh, Payne Manning hosted. Payne Manning absolutely killed it when he hosted it that one time. Um, um, but I, I feel like he did a good job. Obviously he's not my first choice when thinking about hosts and he, th- it doesn't really seem synonymous with sports, but obviously we saw people there that we didn't see, you know, so uh, we saw the baby there present a, an award. Uh, I mean, like, you know, what is he doing at the ESPY? like, what? Okay, sure. Um, but, um, I, I feel like, uh, he, he wasn't bad at all. I feel like it was good. Could have been better. Could have, it didn't not overwhelmed and not underwhelmed I'm just well. Um, but now looking at some of the winners, um, who do you think um, were some of uh, the bang out, they got it right, winners of some of the awards? Like, let's re- we can recap some of them, but uh, Chris, what's an award that you feel like was a no-brainer?
2: Uh, rookie of the year. I feel like, we, even though it's the case against Lamelo, he did get injured, but I feel like when he played, he was the best rookie all around, pass, shoot, rebound. Anthony Edwards is the best scoring rookie, but the award is rookie of the year, not scoring rookie of the year. Well, I, I kind of want to stop you right there once again.
0: I, I believe the award was best breakout athlete. It was? It wasn't rookie. It, was be- it, it, it wasn't rookie. It was best breakout athlete. So like, this could arrange
2: through all sports, and LaMelo, La, LaMelo won. So. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Even that make that proves making my case even better. LaMelo okay. was, was marketable. He's yeah. LaMelo anything. You put his brothers in anything, mainly because of his dad. So you see LaMelo, you bring faces from places that don't even watch basketball. Mm-hmm. You have the TV show on Facebook, watch. It's just – I feel like best breakout athlete mainly is for marketability, not really for – it's for your performance, yes, but mainly for your marketability.
1: Uh I thought best game they got right, the mm, yes time UCLA-Gonzaga game, that game had me on the edge of my seat. I w- left every second of the last couple minutes, and I, I that was a no-brainer for me. I think they nailed that one.
0: No, yeah, definitely. I, I really like the the best game choice. Um, best breakout athlete, I feel like they, they could have been, uh, you know, Naomi Osaka could have been a good one. Shohei Otani maybe, you know, uh, he could have, he, he's But I feel like he's breaking out a little bit more now. But,
1: he'll probably win it next year. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah he'll probably get there. Um, um, but yeah, I feel like they did a really good job of um, uh, really selecting. It's kind of weird not seeing LeBron anywhere on the list when he kind of like is usually there every year, at least in some capacity. Um, I really liked the uh, best championship, LA Dodgers. Um, That one was uh, cool. Kind of surprised they didn't go with uh, Tampa Bay there, Uh, but uh, loved seeing baseball get some shine. But now let's get to some snubs. Who do you guys think are some of the biggest snubs that you believe that should have won an award? Dylan, what do you think?
1: uh Simone Biles is the best female athlete Phil Mickelson should have won best record-breaking for performance and time mm. is not even close to the best athlete in the NFL
0: what are some alternatives do you have any alternatives on who do you think should have won those awards
1: well Naomi Osaka won best female athlete I think it should have been Simone Biles Oh, okay um I think Phil Mickelson should have won the record-breaking performance I forget who won it um I uh, Yeah, Russell Westbrook yeah, Westbrook, yeah. yeah that should have been Phil He's 50. Um, and <laughs> Brady, I think the other athletes, best athlete in the NFL, I think it was Aaron Donald or Aaron Rodgers were two of the other options. And I remember mm-hmm. I didn't like the fourth selection as much either. Um, so I think Donald or Rodgers, either Aaron would have been a better choice than Tom Brady. Brady's great and he's really good at what he does, but he's not a great athlete. I don't know if I call yeah. him the best athlete in the NFL. Yeah. A weird statement to say about a 43
2: year old. What do you think, Chris? Um, I, best NBA player. I don't think, I don't think Steph, I don't, I don't think Steph should have won. I, what? Really, ri- I get it. Okay. You see what he did this year. Cool. That's that. Cool. He's really, cool. He's really I, cool. I, it, nah, it is. It, it's really cool. It really is. But I just don't think. No, Steph shouldn't, Steph shouldn't have won. Steph definitely shouldn't have won. I just don't so? think. So? Who, who am I, who am I choosing to? You already know who I'm choosing, LeBron
0: James. Okay, yeah, I, I, I mean, I agree that LeBron is the the best player in the league, but I feel like this season wasn't. What kind? Of, kind of, it's kind of like that that effect. You know, LeBron can't win every year. Because, like they're not gonna give it to him every year, and like Steph Curry. This because this was kind of like a return season for Curry after the injuries, and like you know those years when Kobe had nobody on his team, but he like put up crazy numbers. This is, it was kind of like that year for Curry where he just went absolutely crazy with no one on his team. So a lot of people got to appreciate him even though he wasn't winning as much. We got to uh, appreciate him and he was just having fun out there. Um, but I mean, yeah, yeah, LeBron could have been in there. But, you know, Curry's or, kind or, of... Or you could put Giannis in there too. Yeah, you, you could, could have put Giannis in there. Um, maybe Kevin Durant also. Uh, that, that's, yeah. you know you know, but, you know, I have my reservations against KD for obvious reasons. Um, no, yeah, th- those are great um, snubs. Uh, I feel like the record-breaking performance, I do agree with, uh, with Phil Mickelson. That was that was uh, a great performance. He's 50 years old. Like, oh, come on. Um, I mean, but golf is kind of like an old man sport too, so. But, um, yeah, and Simone Biles for best female, they literally change rules because she's so good. They... There was a, they, they limit the amount of points. I'm not like well-versed right now in in women's gymnastics, but it's like, they limit the amount of points a person can get because if they would have let her have unlimited points, like there would be no sense of anybody showing up because she's so good. Um, I love me some Naomi Osaka, but Simone Biles for best female athlete. I feel like she's, she's right there. And it's crazy. We're not seeing any of the, 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 the Williams sisters because um, I feel like they're, they're usually there every single year, but Simone Biles, that's the that's my pick for biggest nut. But ESPY is a, a great, great time. And now quickly, before we wrap this up, I want to talk some Olympic basketball quickly. USA lost to Nigeria by three, 90 to 87 in an exhibition game. Game doesn't count, but I mean, you anything USA does, they are expected to route teams every year that they're on the court. Do you think this is the biggest upset in u.s olympic history what do you think dylan
1: i mean this game just meant so next like just absolutely nothing just literally zero and is it surprising they lost yeah but given there was not 100 effort you know the stars didn't play the full game um tatum durant played about 30 minutes bradley beal had an awful game only put up two points um but just it's just it. Was, who cares? Who cares? It's it's an upset, yeah. But it's an exhibition game. Are They're gonna win every game when they're over in Tokyo, yeah. Probably they probably will. So it, yeah, eh. It's it's a non-story to me because it's just it doesn't mm-hmm. mean anything.
2: Okay. Saying, saying is it the biggest upset in Olympic history? It's kind of it's kind of crazy to think about it because to, in two thousand four. Olympic team lost to Argentina in 89, 81, mm-hmm. and they ended up taking France. And arguably, that team was more talented than this team, arguably. So I think that's the most surprising loss in Olympic history. Plus, while I'm happy for Nigeria, happy for the motherland, ecstatic, right? It, it was an exhibition game. Like, no one, I hate to say it, but it's an exhibition game. No one's trying, no one's really going 100% in an exhibition game on the Team USA side. I can't say the same for Nigeria. But on the Team USA side, no one because there's bigger goals in sight than just winning an exhibition game. So I think it's it's being blown way out of proportion. Honestly, I just think it's for stories because with besides baseball, everything else is kind of on the outs right now because the okay. finish season is baseball starting. I'm mean, not baseball, football starting up, NFL season, mm-hmm. Basketball's about to end. So I feel like we're just story hunting at this point, but it's not really a story. Okay, um, I just feel like. USA really prides itself
0: in in dominating every time they step on the court, and I I will say I was surprised um, when I got the notification that were they were down three with thirteen left thirteen seconds left. I was like, oh, that's that's tough. That's really hard to come back from. Um, I I feel like it's up there with one of the biggest upsets because just because of the I guess gravity that Team USA has every single. Olympics when you have the dream team and then the redeem team and then like it's and then the uh, the past Olympic teams um, it's always it's always USA is a, a complete favorite and it's really hard to see them lose um, especially against a team that they I guess what was it nine years ago it was the greatest um deficit it was like an 83 point win against Nigeria um back that I mean, but that team was a lot better than this USA team that LeBron was on it. Uh, Kobe was on it, Dwayne Wade. Um, But no, yeah, it was very jarring. I'm happy for Nigeria. I mean, they're never going to forget this for the rest of their lives. And although this is an exhibition game, I mean, I do feel like it's going to be harder this year as we're going to get into, do you think this team is a lock for the gold? I mean, the the international, I guess, playing pool is getting a lot more difficult and a lot more talented when you see players like Luka Doncic. And uh call it Jokic and Giannis Tintacumpo. These these are all international players, and it, they're getting a lot better. So, Chris, do you
2: think this team is a lock for the goal this year? I've never won a bet against Team USA, but the gap the the gap that all these analysts and everybody was saying was so wide a few years ago has definitely shrunk. Mm-hmm. They can lose. 2012, we no one said, oh yeah, this team's gonna lose because look who look who they had. But the talent of Euro basketball, the talent of all these teams, is just it's amazing to see how 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 much basketball is progressing in every, in all of these countries and all these places. So Team USA, honestly, for the foreseeable future, is no longer a lock to win the gold. They easily can win, but they're no longer 100% locked to be like, oh yeah, they're definitely gonna win. Uh, the gap's close,
1: but I, th- I would still call them a lock. They're, you're not going to find any other country in the world that's going to put KD, Jason Tatum, and Damian Lillard out there in the final seconds of a game. You're just not. And, you know, they lost by three, so they were still in it. What are the chances they get down to a point where they can't tie or win on the last possession? And when you got those guys, I wouldn't bet against them. I would, I would oof. They're just too good. And, you know, they don't even have all of the best players. I don't even think – is Steph playing? He's not, right? Nope. No. So this is, like, not even the USA AAA team. No. So – I and I still think they're a lock.
0: No, definitely. And I, I feel like players are kind of taking off from the Olympics. Before, you see more players kind of be more amped for it. Now it's a, you're seeing a lot more younger players, obviously, because – you know, LeBron's getting up there in age and Curry's also getting up there in age and all the best players. Like, imagine if, could you imagine if Curry and LeBron were in that starting lineup then? I mean, that, that'd be kind of uh, really, really not fair for the other teams. But um, this is not the A-team. And um, seeing that they lost against Nigeria, but I, this Nigeria loss, I feel like might ignite the team into, like, never wanting to lose again in Olympic play. So I'm not going to say they're locked. The gap is closed. I love the international talent. I'm rooting for my homeland, Dominican Republic, to win. We're going for gold, baby. We're going for gold. So um, okay, I'll see USA in the finals there. And that will do it for X's and Opinions. This was a great show. We talked a lot. Uh, we even talked some sports awards at the ESPYs. Um, but MOB, NBA finals, Olympic basketball, all of it. It was a great, it was a pleasure speaking with Christopher Ellison and Dylan Camp. Uh, that was our analyst and our producer, Jonathan uh, Jonathan Haidt, and our sports director, Heaven Hill. I am Ronnie Jerez, signing off here for Exodus Opinions. Make sure to tune in next week for more pro sports talk. See you, everyone. Be safe.